Chapter 1. Eliorella. November 6th, 4980XM. End of spring. Moigro village in the Onsane Kingdom. Sweat pulled in beads on his brow while calloused hands steadily worked the spade. Eliorella buried his young face in his seo-sworn sleeve, pausing in brief to do so. His muscles ached as his breath grew ragged, but there was still precious light of the day to be had, and he couldn't delay construction of his well any longer. I'll be so glad when this place is finally livable. Elior's thoughts slipped out in between spade loads of seos to go unnoticed against the freshly dug walls. Already Elior was the length of three grown men into the hole, and still had not reached sign of moist soil, let alone a reserve. His young labor-ridden physique tried to keep up with his will, but after four more back-breaking movements of stabbing ground and shoveling it into a makeshift pail, Elior skewered the seos-filled bucket with an angered grunt before he fell back heavy against the wall. He leaned there for a while, chest rising and falling, causing his body to rock away, then drop back up against the wall before he found his strength and stood upright. He let out a defeated sigh as he looked at the overfilled bin of dry seos before him, a harsh reminder of his unspoiled endeavor. Shit, I'll be needing to talk to old Stonebeak about his seos ripper now. Fuck all. Elior cursed his poor fortune aloud as he grabbed the leather straps of his bucket to haul his final load of the day, but the container wouldn't budge. Immediately, he reset his legs and pulled with all his might, still to no avail. Instead, his foot slipped out from under him and he crashed hard against the Seosan floor. The back of his head bounced off a rogue stone partially embedded in the ground, and his world suddenly grew black with a gruesome thump. Elior stirred with groaning disdain as his eyes opened with sluggish intent. Above him, through the unintentional window, the sky was lit with the star-filled heavens, but the starry night did not spare him sight in the deep hole where he now lay motionless. God sane, show mercy. Elior rolled over, sliding his legs out from around the bucket before calloused hands padded blindly at the floor as knees and old ratty boots shuffled in unison in search for the wall. This went on for what seemed an age until his fingers on one hand buckled and jammed against the freshly dug wall. Elior couldn't ignore the pain tightening down his hand and shooting up his arm, for those hands have worked tirelessly that day, but he merely cursed his misfortune and pushed through like he always did. Pulling himself up against the wall, he slowly shuffled his way along it and as his face and left shoulder caught debris. At one point, a tiny spider crawled over his neck as he shuffled against the wall. The tiny insignificant creature near proved treacherous for poor Elior, causing him to squeal and frantically slap at his head and neck as panic set in. For the young lad and all his brawn and bravery did fear the crawly things of Seos more than anything else in all the world. After a long while of randomly slapping at ghostly sensations, he eventually pressed on and found the ladder leaning where he left it. Elior slowly picked his footing as he ascended the rough rungs of his old hand-fashioned ladder. After a few moments, he cleared the hole and rolled onto the dew-laden grass, landing utterly relieved to be out of the self-made pit. Soon he was off to his house, a stone's throw away, where he kicked his boots off on the uneven porch and quickly retired to his straw mat in the unfurnished living room of his dirt-poor dwelling. When Elior woke, his head was spinning painful reminder of his escapades the night prior. 
Dizzy and groggy, he pushed up from the bed to roll over before he sat up and peeled bits of loose straw from his face and unkempt beard. He reached his hand to the back of his head and felt a knot in dried blood through his dirty blonde mess of short hair when the tender touch sent his hand in quick retreat. Elior sighed heavily before he got up to his feet, pausing for the room to stop spinning. Then he went to the front door and began his day. After grabbing his grungy pack and securing his coin purse to his belt next to his iron short sword that dangled in its scabbard off his hip, he went to the small barn and greeted his trusty steed, Shalanki. A beautiful black light draught horse he won in a dice game from Botwig the Farrier. Shalank is a gnomish word for luck. When Elior approached, Shalanki swung his head down over the stable gate, and his master gently cut the horse's neck before pressing his forehead against the snout. Shalanki let out a soft snort that made Elior smile. All right, boy, we gotta go see Stonebeak today. Elior exclaimed their trip as he saddled and readied the horse for travel. When the stallion was ready to go, Elior mounted and took his leave with the sun well over the horizon. It was a day's trek to the town of Donko from Elior's quaint hovel in Moigro, but on horseback he could make the journey in about four hours. The first few minutes were spent crossing fields of endless tall fessu grass. The grass covered his feet in the stirrup as he rode. He let his horse pick its own way through the field and merely guided him to where he knew the main road lay beyond. Just as the grass began to thin out, they cleared the final field and came out on the Bori Road. Elior leaned down and patted the long neck of his companion while he spoke. Smooth trotting from here, boy. The road was a long stretch of cleared vegetation with the scattering of small puddles from previous rains. Elior scanned the sky to find sign of potential rain. Just on the horizon loomed a dark cloud. Well, if we are lucky, the rain will wait till we are in Danko to pour. If we are lucky. Shalanki whinnied and Elior took it as a simple agreeance. With an hour left in their journey, the light darkened as the sky began to empty upon their travels. The rain was warm, thick droplets that made an audible splat when they reached the ground. Elior was thankful it wasn't cold at the very least. Off in the distance, the sound of geckering could be heard over the noisy rainfall. The sudden noise made Shalanki neigh nervously and forced Elior to spur him onward. Oh, you big baby, those foxes ain't gonna get ya. As Elior scalded his steed, he rummaged through the saddlebag on his right side and pulled a hooded lantern free. It was a special lantern with an odd button at its base and a dial for gas on the side. <coughs> After a few minutes of attempting to ignite the dwarven-crafted lantern and several curses, Elior was successful just as the lights of Danko came into view blurry under the rain. Elior guided Shalanki through the now-twisting road, passing farmstead and occasional cottage, leading to the main gates of the walled town. In front of the large oaken doors was a lone sentry clad in older breastplate. The guard was a human nearing his thirties with inky black hair and a long forked beard. Dark eyes held boredom as his features showed morbid dullness. Elior waved atop his mountain, called to the soldier, "'Evening, Dallin. How fares the watch?' The man called Dallin cocked his head and a gravelly voice sounded. Not shit fair about it. Elior chuckled as he came up to the guard. Well, you'll be off soon, right? Elior pulled the reins of Shalanki, bringing him to a stop just before the heavy door. Nay, God said not with me tonight. Something been up Cappen's arse and he got me pulling doubles at this post. 
Dallin wrapped his halberd against the door as he complained. Oh, come on, you know there isn't anywhere you'd rather be. Elior held his smirk as he responded with obvious sarcasm. Like hell, way rather be in Lolly's breast with a tankard of honeymead in one hand and Whitwilla's plump rump in my other. Dallin's eyes sparkled as his head filled with fantasies. Elior let out a bark of laughter as he shook his head. Still bothering those whores. Fuck. Omit that, Dean. Elior let out a bark of laughter as he shook his head. Still bothering those women at Pleasure Bell, eh? Dallin gave Elior an incredulous look before arguing. Those gals fucking love me, boy. Those girls love the coin they get from you. If you stopped wasting your money on those whores, you could afford some new armor finally. Dallin waved his hand in dismissal as he scoffed. I don't need no armor. This is Donko-issued plate. I do need to smell their pretty scent and feel their passion, though. The gate began to swing open, the heavy oak slab screaming on cast-iron hinges. Elior spurred his mount through as he gave a light-hearted chortle. Well, good luck with that. If you change your mind, see me at the calloused hand and I'll take care of you. As Elior passed Dallin, called up to him. I may take you up on that, but for a blade. I do fancy that treasure you got collecting dust in there. Elior turned in his saddle. You definitely can't afford that beauty, friend. Dallin lifted his halberd as a farewell salute, and Elior put his fingers to his brow in return. Once inside, the road was all cobblestone, and the streets were barren, save for several street lamps lining the way to the town square. Immediately, Elior made his way to his favorite tavern, one of the only establishments still open at this time of day. The nobles rest in. The street teed, and he took a left and passed many abandoned lean-to as he navigated the back roads that led to the main square. After a few minutes, he came upon a thick sign that rain dripped down off of. The sign read, Nobles Rest Inn, but the word nobles was carved through, and an unpleasant carving of the word peasants was marked above it. Elior couldn't see the vandalized markings through the dark rain, but knew they were there. He dismounted out front of the inn and led Shalanki by the reins to the door and knocked with a heavy fist. After a short moment, the door ripped open, and Elior dropped his gaze to the gnome standing before him. Hello, Elior. Needs a stable, sir? The gnome's chipper voice was a welcome greeting. Elior held the reins out in his hands. Yes, please, Mr. Faddlefen. The gnome threw both his hands at Elior dismissively as a sheepish grin crossed his face. I told you a thousand times now. Just call me a Recadellus. Elior used his free hand to scratch the back of his neck. Honestly, I can't pronounce your fucking name for the life of me. Well, I prefer to keep my manners about me and only wish you the utmost respect, sir. The gnome named Recadellus eyed him suspiciously, but didn't call his bluff. Instead, he merely shrugged and hollered over his shoulder. Doral, come get this horse! After a short pause, Mr. Faddlefin began to shout once more when an extremely obese man waddled into view. Stable the horse, Doral, please. The heavy man looked briefly at Elior, but immediately averted his gaze when they locked eyes. Elior held out the reins and Doral grabbed them with a meaty fist. Elior took an exaggerated sidestep as a large man lumbered through and still bumped into him. Doral, mind yourself. The gnome had a flustered look as he scalded the simple helper. Doral didn't seem to hear him and waddled off with Shalanki in the downpour, turning at the edge of the building and out of view. Mr. Faddlefin shook his head in disbelief, then redressed Elior with a shrug. Well, come on then. 
Elior gladly stepped across the threshold in the dry entryway, and the gnome closed the door behind them with a solid thud. Inside the inn was a hum of conversations behind a hazy curtain of pipe smoke. Elior moved through the entryway and down a three-step stair onto the main floor. A fire burned to his right in the hearth with a full gathering in the lounge area, where people both sat in ornate chairs and stood puffing from long yew pipes. Further to the side of that was a large round table with several armored men deep in their cups. The booths wrapping around the side of the place were half full, but each one individually at capacity. The bar had only two empty stools out of its dozen allotment. On the other end of the establishment was the game area, and it was in full merriment. Dice rattled in a cup off in the corner with several men huddled in a crouch as two other men, standing simultaneously, tossed throwing knives down the center of the floorway into a target board called a tagger, against the closer wall. Two of the three large booths on the adjacent wall were filled with card games, while the last in the center, with the best viewpoint of the knife throwing, was the wager table. One of the men in the booth suddenly jumped up and slammed his hands down on the table, a hard scowl weighing on his features. Those features were pale and full of hard lines etched from too many seasons, with stark wispy tendrils of hair resting above his eyes and sprouting from engorged earlobes. Elior heard a tiny voice scream out, "'You simple geezer! Delagath is undefeated! Name anyone you like! You're just gonna make me richer!' The old man's eyes went wild as a vein protruded upon his aged forehead. I wager a threefold per silver seen that fucking dagger ear loses tonight. Before the halfling could respond, the elder gambler scanned the room with determined intent and stopped when he caught Elior onlooking from across the room. The old man raised a bony knuckled finger towards him, and his face seemed to light up with a newfound youth as he be bellowed, Him! That man there! Instantly, every head at the table swung in unison to see Elior pointing his own finger in morbid disbelief at himself, with his head nearly laying on his shoulder as he did so. The halfling, who was standing at the booth's bench, suddenly grabbed his gut as a raspy laugh took over him, and he spilled over onto the tabletop, haplessly knocking over a nearby tankard. A man to his right started pitching a fit over his spilled drink, while the rest joined in the mocking hilarity. Elior initially felt the crimson of embarrassment creep up his cheeks, but when the table erupted at the thought of him competing, that rush of blush went straight to his neck while knuckles whitened as balled-up fists at his sides. His legs moved before he could even realize, and he found himself at the table with his hand outstretched. The halfling was still laughing, theatrically rolling as he kicked his feet and pounded his hands. The old man grabbed a box on the bench next to him, and after opening it, held it out for Elior as he spoke. Get three and be them better than the last they served. Give you a 40% cut if you land them all in the dead eye. Otherwise you get 15. Agreed? Elior nodded his wager while his hands grabbed three knives. Inside the box, each knife had an identical blade and a handle pattern, but each one had a different dangle. Elior knew he was heavy-handed and would need to, go to do a gaudy counterweight to compensate. Without hesitation, he picked the three best suited to him and looked up from the ammo container into the old man's dark beady eyes and met his gaze while adding, I'd take a third of that shot call just to watch the grin fall from that goofy face of his. Elior spoke with a cold seriousness as he motioned with his head toward the ridiculous halfling, who abruptly ceased his comical behavior and slid off the table without a peep. Elior turned to where... 
Eligor turned to the floor where the two participants were lining up to throw their last knife. Although the stance was mirrored, the two contestants were completely at odds. The man was slender with long platinum blonde hair that his pointed elven ears protruded through. The other was a curvy short halfling gal with dark hair chopped short. With backs to each other and throwing arms raised in synchronized fluidity, the half-elf was on the right side using his left hand when the bell ringer behind them shook his wrist sounding the shot. With blinding speed, Delagath released the blade behind him and spun catching and releasing it with his right in a single motion from behind his back. It rocketed at an odd angle to ricochet off the halfling's knife mid-air, shooting her blade into a wooden post off to the side, while his cleanly dug into the golden tooth on the target. Elior felt his jaw slack in awe as regret pulled in his mind. What the hell was that? The halfling was watching him. Oh, what the hell was that? The halfling was watching him from the booth with a malicious grin stretching across his lips. When they met each other's look, Elior straightened and clenched his mouth shut before looking back to the contestants. The girl was sliding a chair over to try and reach the wayward dagger, head hung in shame as she did so. Meanwhile, the half-elf went to the tagger and retrieved his blades with ease before stepping back to his throwers to the thrower's dias, gracefully flipping a knife and catching it while he waited on the raised slab of stone. Elior swallowed hard before stepping up onto his marker with legs that felt heavy and clumsy. Once in position, the half-elf flipped his blade a final time before he caught it in his other hand and settled into the thrower's pose. An unsteady sigh escaped Elior as he moved into the stance. Delagath didn't miss a beat. This will be over soon. Try not to worry, because then you'll just suffer twice. The half-elf didn't even look at Elior as he spoke. His eyes never left the tagger. Elior didn't know what to say, so instead he feigned total concentration on the target and narrowed his eyes. The tagger was an ivory fractured skull on a black field. Its dead eye was a lone red dot the size of a man's thumb pad on the left side with no socket or skull surrounding it. The other eye was silver and twice the size of the red one with skull encasing it. Each piece of ivory is a point regardless of section or size. Three different spots awarded greater points or immediate payout for the thrower. Each of those was smaller and far more difficult to score a hit if previously struck. Those are the dead eye worth 10 points, the life eye worth 3 points, and the gold tooth worth 5 points and a gold piece per knife embedded in it. Suddenly the bell sounded behind them. Elior let out a sharp exhale as he sent the knife to the dead eye with as much force as he could muster. As he expected, the knife of Delagas shot from a lower point aiming at his own, but the momentum of the heavy blade did not allow the lighter, faster one to find a mark in the tagger. Instead, Elior's blade slammed into the ring of black above the dead eye, while Delagath dove in while Delagath's dove into the floorboards a foot from the wall. The gaming area fell silent until the old man broke it with fuming fury. That's what you get, you cheating little dagger here! The dark-haired man next to the halfling chimed in. You're just better because you lost five dragons already. He grabbed a fresh cup near him and took a sip. Elior was taken aback by that new information. Five gold pieces most people don't even see in their lifetime, and to lose it on a game of tag? No fucking way. Oh, piss off, Edwin. You and Gidmol can suck a donkey shit. The older man pointed his liver-spotted hand at the halfling and the man next to him. 
The man named Edwin slapped that hand to the side and rose to his feet in a flash. The halfling put a small hand on the man's arm and immediately Edwin sat, but didn't do so quietly. Better mind that mouth of yours, Callan. You will dress him as Marquis Mazer, or I'll have that insolent tongue on my blade. Edwin more promised than threatened, but the halfling was quick to defuse the situation. Now, there is no need for formalities, Edwin. I don't need to hear my title every second of the day. But you may wish to tack that sir before Edwin's, or he is liable to teach a lesson in respect I shan't see you forgetting. Callan waved his hands and scoffed with a hideous noise, but sat down all the same. The bell rang. Elior was so consumed with the spectacle at the table he was nowhere near the right position for the throw, but exploded into possibly the least dexterous throw anyone had ever laid eyes upon at a high-stakes tag game. His heavily muscled arm tore through the air in a vicious arc over overhead, and his tag, or knife, went end over end, then wobbled and landed ass-end on the wall next to the tagger and rebounded. With, as mu with a much smoother and far more lethal flow straight back at the sender. It happened so fast, Elior barely dove out of its path in time, but the bell ringer behind him was not so lucky. The tag struck the boy of twelve in the shoulder, and he went reeling over as the bell flew from his grasp onto the floor with a bouncing jingle. Ah, oh, shit, whose kid is that? Elior complained so loud in thought that his features betrayed him, for no sooner had he thought had the thought popped into his mind, Delagath clapped him on the shoulder while he chuckled and added with a soft voice like a whisper, You make this look way harder than it is, man. Elior shook his shoulder free and waved his hand toward the groaning boy, still shifting on the ground, holding his injured and probably bleeding arm. Why is this little child in the tag field anyhow? Tag is no game for kids to be a part of, damn it. That is my brother Marden. He is around your age, and I'd imagine, granted, he is a bit slow. The halfling turned one of his hands up to his mouth as if to shield view a whisper, but his voice actually got louder, and his hand was on the side with no potential viewers. A donkey drop-kicked him in the head when he was six. He don't talk right, but his heart is in the right place. He just fancies those silver bells this game uses. Elior quickly moved to Marden and saw that the knife wasn't, wasn't still embedded and it wasn't a deep wound, but he looked closer to be sure. Marden looked up at him with big misty orbs, then back to the fresh wound at his shoulder, and plump lips began to babble like a brook. It was more dribble than any speech that Elior had ever heard. I'm sorry, Marden, but you'll be all right. You're tough, aren't you? Elior grasped at some type of soothing words, but felt awkward talking to a grown man like that. Marden nodded his head as those goofy lips sputtered out the noise. Guyug. You'll make a great father someday, but you're shit at tag. Come on, Marty, get your bell. It's time for the last throw. Oh, and Callan, you owe me another dragon. Gidmole pointed at the tagger with the lagest tag, was proudly pinned into the gold tooth. Callan threw his hands up and slapped them hard atop his own cranium at the crown. You stupid son of a leathery whore! Before Callan could finish his vulgar no, rantings, Delagath flicked his own wrist and sent the last tag flying with blurred violence. Wood cracked as the blade found home in the upright still-bent elbow crevice of Callan. 
It did not pierce him, but did manage to slice him where the blade slid across Bear's arm. A yelp echoed off the ceiling as the old gambler fell over onto the booth seat, sprawling out with a pitiful moan. Next time you speak of my mother, I will kill you. The noble shook his head as he made a forced echoing tiss sound. Well, now you're only at five points with no more tags remaining. If the lad sinks the dead eye, he wins and I lose the bet. Plus, earnings of the night thus far. The halfling slapped the pile of coins at the center of the table, indicating his soon-to-be losses, before mentioning, If you really wanted to affect that old loud mouth, you would have sunk the dead eye and kept him from the dragons. Gidmul let his words linger before shaking his head again. The half-elf shrugged before his measured defense. He has a decent heart, and I don't mind if his efforts go unspoiled. Delagath motioned his head in Elior's direction as he explained matter-of-factly. Yet again, Elior knew not what he must say at such a moment. So he turned and walked up to the t- thrower's slab and spun his head back to now seated, bell in hand, wounded simpleton and winked. Marden, with a big stupid grin, nodded and shook his fist simultaneously like a child with a rattle, sending the ball dancing inside the silver casing. And with that, Elior, in a much more fluid motion than the last attempt, launched his tag, and when it struck... Marden squeaked, Gidmul cursed under his breath, and then the other patrons of the nobles' rest at the gaming area erupted into a medley of hoots and hollers. Loudest among all of them was Callan, who jumped up onto the bench with renewed vigor and excitement. Elior turned and held his hand out to his opponent with a modest grin during the uproar. Delagath gripped it firmly and clapped him on the shoulder while he did so. Well met. Elior swelled with pride at the half-elf simple and formal greeting of contest and returned in kind. Hail, fellow. Elior moved from the slab over to the wage table to collect his share. The only gnome at the table, tucked in the back directly in front of the pile, began pushing gold and silver coins into two different sized sacks. When he was done, he held both out to the winners. Elior reached across the table and grabbed the small one and the hand outstretched toward him. Quickly, he opened it and pulled a gold coin out and sat it on the table before the gnome. As he slid it, he commented, Give my regards to your brother. Tell him the horse is a dream and is bringing me all the luck. Elior flashed a smile at him and the gnome lit up the dimples on his cheeks. Botwig is still bitter about that loss, but I will definitely tell him you said hello. With that, Elior put his fingers to his forehead as he farewelled. Gentlemen, until next time. Some of the men at the table waved while Edwin rolled his eyes and grumbled, and the Marquis mirrored the finger to Temple Salute with a warm smile. Callan was far too busy with his loot to pay Elior any more attention that evening, but Elior was relieved to be done with it all, and strolled out of the games area and into the bar. He did not sit, rather he stood at an empty space at the counter, full of ornate carvings of some glorious battle between men and orcs. A woman set four overflowing tankards onto the bar top in exchange for a few copper she scooped off and placed into a sack on her side of the counter, thanking the patron before turning to Elior. Hello, Emma. How are we this evening? Elior's tone held ecstatic glee. The barkeep casually put her hand to her face and slid a stray lock of curly brown hair and tucked it away behind her ear while she spoke. Oh, it goes, Ellie. Just another day and another coin, hun. Elior quipped with a sly grin. That rings different when the coin's a dragon. He pulled a gold piece from his sack and pushed it into her hand while he added, That's for you, beautiful. 
You bust your ass around here and it doesn't go unnoticed, sweetie. Emma's eyes grew wide as a smile etched into her soft, rosy cheeks. He ordered a bed and requested a bath, plus their finest bottle and some supper to be brought up to him. Then he paid for it all as well as Shalanki's stay in the stable. Elior couldn't remember the last time he ate so well, let alone had an actual bed raised off the floor away from the rats with a real feathered mattress. He slept like a baby. End chapter.